you ready for retirement? Do you feel comfortable about your years of retirement? Many women don't feel ready or have some questions that need to be answered. Welcome to Women Seeking Blissful Retirement with Maria Lucasen. We've got some amazing guests and terrific ideas to make sure you are preparing and enjoying retirement. Now, here's your host, Maria Lucasen. Yes, hello, good afternoon. How are you all? This is the radio show, the talk show of Women Seeking Blissful Retirement. It's from the Empowerment Channel of Voice America, which is the largest radio platform in the world of talk radio shows. Welcome to all the listeners here in the United States and Canada, but I know there's also people listening in Europe, in the Netherlands, in Austria, France, and then uh, even further away in India and Australia. So I'm so excited that this show is going globally and there are listeners that are listening live to the show today. I'm so glad you made that choice to find time to listen to the important topic of retirement. It's my great pleasure to present this series of shows and bring subjects that will help you in planning and preparing for the next chapter in your life. My name is Maria Lucas, and I'm excited. Besides talking with our guest experts on the week's topic, I also have some inspiring wise women words. I have a quote of the week and a tip or a resource for fast action takers. As always, I want to start off the show with the affirmation for this week. An affirmation opens the door. It's a beginning point on the path to change. In essence, you are saying to your subconscious mind, I am taking responsibility. I am aware that there is something I can do to change. When I talk about doing affirmations, I mean choosing words consciously that either will eliminate something from your life or help create something new in your life. Affirmations are like seeds planted in soil. Poor soil, poor grows. Rich soil, abundant grows. So the more you choose to think about the choice and the words that you use, the quicker the affirmation works. So for today, the affirmation is, I am becoming more resilient each day. And resilience is able to withstand or recover quickly from a difficult situation. So the process of adapting well in the face of adversity, trauma, tragedy, threats, or other significant sources of stress. Yes, so that I often think myself either when there is not a reason for using that there is something in my life that is troubling me or whatever, but just uh, uh, resilience, the um, character or the way of being is something that will help you no matter what the situation is in life. Bouncing back is, is a great way to keep your life happy and healthy, of course. So today I also wanted to talk with you about what I do. So the first thing that I wanted to mention is that, of course, I have um, 
a, a session that I can offer you to help you in the current situation. So, for example, if the time now from the COVID-19 is a challenging time that has forced you in a lifestyle that you didn't imagine at the start of the year, Yes, sometimes life throws a curveball and makes you shift some of your habits, your plans, or your life direction. Many women in the second half of life are facing early or involuntary retirement from a career, especially now with the COVID-19 situation. Also, a personal health or medical situation can force you to resign from work. Another cause is taking care of an elder parent who is unable to live independently any longer. Or maybe the company just downsized and you were terminated, like for many people now in the pandemic. Often it's not so easy to find a new job when you are older. So assess your pre-retirement life and redesign your future by using my valuable free resource that I offer you when you click on the banner on the host page. So unique women looking uh, on dealing with involuntary retirement, you can take this powerful life assessment. And when you complete it, you get an evaluation of eight key aspects of your current life. So if there is something that is not fulfilling in life, you will find that out. And that can help you with planning and preparing for your next phase in life. Do you know that your retirement can be another 20 or 25 years of your life? So get the free copy by just clicking on the banner on the host page. Or you can also email me at maria, marialukassen.com. So as uh, also do, of course, workshops locally here and virtually. I'm organizing uh, Facebook Lives. There is a Facebook group that you can join. And I'm a speaker on other summits and on other expos or live events. So I lastly, before I start uh, talking about the show, I also want to appeal to everybody who's listening uh, this is a show that I would like to be very interactive and engaging. And for every the first person that is going to call in today, I am giving away a book that has a chapter written by me. It's a compilation of stories of manifested their dreams against all odds. One of them is from me. So if you call in, then I want you to uh, email me your name and your email address. Then I can um, give you or send you this book. This talk show is for unique women who dream to retire soon, blissfully. If that is what you are dreaming about, you are at the right place. You can still be working a job, but if you are contemplating early retirement now, because of the situation with COVID-19, you need to be here listening. My show provides great information, new perspectives, wonderful real life stories, and useful tips to make retirement the best time of your life. In this show, we feature guest experts on many topics, 
Last week, I talked with Bonnie Smith about how you can calm and be peaceful. She shared with us a specific way on how you can do that. So if you didn't listen last week, there is a replay. You can listen on demand. So go back and listen to it. It was amazing because she gave direct um, examples and she taught us how to calm our mind. So let's get started with the show today. I am so excited to welcome today Kim Lamontagne. Kim, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me today. Yes, I think we are going to talk about a great topic today uh, where many people don't think of when they think about retirement. Everybody thinks retiring is happy, retirement is leisuresome, retirement is cool, and you just don't have all those commitments anymore for work whatsoever. But what I have read in the many Facebook pages or groups that I look at, uh, there is many women out there that are not so happy when they retired. All of a sudden, they have ample time and they don't know really what to do with it. And I think that can cause a real problem later on if it takes too long before you are figuring out what can help you. So today I want first, before I go any further, I wanted to give you the short bio of uh, our speaker today. One moment. So, and I forgot to print the bio this morning. So I have it here on my screen, but it is disappeared. Oh, wow. Okay, maybe, maybe my computer goes fast because I really wanted to give you that. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here we go. Kim is a speaker, okay. a trainer, an author, and a thought leader on the topic of mental health in the workplace. She recently developed a corporate training titled The Four Pillars of Creating and Sustaining a Mentally Healthy Workplace Culture that teaches organizational leaders how to create and sustain a culture of safety that empowers employees to come forward and ask for help. A culture of safety is an environment where everybody feels safe, seen and understood. An open dialogue about mental well-being is encouraged. She is also a teacher and state trainer with the National Alliance on Mental Illness. She is a member of the Dartmouth-Hitchcock campaign to combat behavioral health stigma and discrimination. And she is the director of the USA chapter of the Uncommon Women International Chapters. Kim, I think you are trailblazing about a topic that I fear many or some women will encounter when they retire. 
So a reason why I wanted you to be on the show is so we can maybe talk about it and maybe that prevents this from happening, hopefully to many listeners today. So can you tell me a little bit about your journey, um, what you did, uh, how you got from your successful job as a director and earning numerous rewards to now being a speaker, a trainer, and an author. Sure. So thank you for that that introduction. And again, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, so a little bit about my story. Um, and you know, it's interesting because I just recently, uh, in 2020, on April 1st of 2020, I left my corporate job after being in the corporate world for 25 years, because I felt this really strong pull to really use my gifts of teaching and training and sharing my lived experience of suffering in silence in the workplace while living with mental illness and substance use. And um, I personally am 11 years sober, and I am several years free of suicidal thoughts, but there were many, many years up until I was in my late 30s, that uh, I knew that I had problems with drinking. It never affected my ability to be an efficient mother or wife or friend or worker. I was always a high-performing worker. Um, But I always had this dark secret that I hid behind because at the end of every day, I didn't drink during the day, but every night, I would have to drink, usually four, five, six, sometimes seven big glasses of wine. And this was a pattern that I was in for a long, long time. And it made me feel very ashamed. It made me feel very alone. It made me feel like I was the only one out there who was suffering with the alcohol use disorder. I felt like I was the only person who was suffering with depression. Because of that, my anxiety started to spiral out of control because, again, I thought I was the only person living with fears and depression and anxiety and just not feeling good enough about myself. And that's not true. Uh, There's many, many people who are out there suffering uh, in silence, but because of the stigma and discrimination that is oftentimes affiliated with mental illness, Many of us are afraid to speak about it, and that's why I left my corporate job and started my own business on April 1 of this year because prior to leaving my corporate job, I was working 40 hours doing my corporate job, and then whatever I had left over, I was giving to my speaking, teaching, and training on mental illness, and I was noticing that it just it needed to change. My my gift, my experience, the tools that I've acquired along the way need to get out there. And so I decided to leave my job and start start this business. And I had no idea that when I was planning to start this business that a pandemic would be coming. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. millions of people globally will now be um, feeling the effects of depression and anxiety and isolation and So it was a really perfect time. And I think for, you know, for your audience, retirement is a beautiful thing. Retirement can be blissful, 
But retirement could also, not in every situation, but could also change someone's ability to see themselves as worthy now uh, versus when they were working. Because when we work, you know, we have the ability to contribute. We have the ability to make a difference. We have the ability to talk to other people and have our points of views and and things be taken and implemented. And many times when, you know, we stop working, we kind of feel like that sense of contribution has gone away. And sometimes that may take a piece of you away. And as the retiree, you could unknowingly be falling into depression because a piece of you has fallen away, which is that, that, that piece of you who was in the workforce for so many years. So that's why I think it's important for your listeners to to understand that if they are feeling or seeing some signs and symptoms in themselves or in others, um, just because you're at retirement age, it doesn't mean that depression, mental illness, substance use cannot affect you. Um, it, it affects everyone. So I think that this is really an important discussion today. I totally agree with you about that. And that's the reason, the main reason why I wanted to talk with you today about this topic, because I fear, as you mentioned already now with the pandemic, there are so many women that are home right now that got laid off and terminated and that are sitting at home in one way. Of course, they want to go back to work at some time, but the work might not be there as easy to, uh, to find a new job as what it was before the pandemic. And when you get older, um, it might not be as easy to find something that is suitable for you too. And I, I think it is important to show what is changing when, when you prepare for retirement. And even then, nobody knows exactly how it will be, but the better you are prepared for it, um, the better you can adapt to the situation. But there's many out there that will prepare. And sometimes I think, okay, this pandemic is ideal situation for somebody to let them experience mm -hmm. because you're not working. And if you know in this six, seven months of the pandemic have issues because you're not happy, then um, you will have problems when you retire as well. So if that is the case, then you definitely have to listen this afternoon uh, to this show because we will uh, talk with you about what is changing and, and how you can uh, help yourself and maybe prevent it. So first of all, I wanted to ask you, um, you said um, that you developed depression. It's, it's, it's a, a disease, isn't it? And uh, I think it's a mental disease. What was it that created for you that feeling that you, um, I don't know, were not feeling worthy of what you were doing, or if you are successful, then I think um, you, you're and you're joyful, you have great success. Um, it's all telling really that you are really uh, yeah, a wonderful person. So what was it that made you feel depressed, if I may ask? 
Sure. So honestly, um, you are you hit the the nail on the head that the pr- depression, mental illness, it is an actual disease. It is not a moral failure. It is not something that people should be shamed for. And yeah. for this audience, or for any audience that I speak to, I would I always bring this forward that if you were living with high blood pressure, high cholesterol. If you had been hospitalized for a stroke or a heart attack, there would be no judgment or shaming around any of those things. You would not be shamed if the doctor puts you on medication. You would not be shamed for taking it. You would not be shamed for going into the hospital to receive treatment. But for individuals who are living with a mental illness, many times they are shamed Um, many times they're shamed for taking medication. I personally take two pills a day and that keeps my mind healthy. And it's been like that for a long time. And I am a lifer on, on medication and I'm a hundred percent fine with that. So I don't know that there was any one particular thing that made me depressed. I recognize when I go back and I do the work and I look at my childhood and you know, my, my, my college years, my marriage, my teenage years, my childhood, it was always there. It was Ah. always, always there because I always compared myself to others. I Ah. always, I, you know, I have that type A personality that everything has to be perfect. And, um, Mm -hmm. I just always, I never felt like I, I fit in, but yet on the outside, I was happy making friends um, in the workplace. I was a high performer. I was a trailblazer. I was a coach, a leader, a mentor. I looked like I had it all together, Mm -hmm. but no one, no one in my family, none of my friends, none of my coworkers knew the internal pain and agony that I was going through every single day that was really behind the mask of happiness that I put on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so again, I think for me, it's a, it's, it's a, <clears throat> my, my brain is not healthy. It's, it's healthy now, but my brain was missing some, some chemicals and my, the medication that I take, you know, yeah. keeps me on, on track. And um, mm-hmm. I think it's important for people to know that medication for a mental illness is just as important as if you had high blood pressure. It's that right. simple. Exactly, exactly. Because those with high blood pressure, I have high blood pressure. Many people will not believe it when they see me because they think I'm in Uh. good shape. But still, uh, it's just a tiny uh, five milligram, but it's keeping my blood the way it should be. And uh, when I do my my uh, uh, measurement in the morning, it's most of the time it's fine. I didn't do it this morning because um, I'm excited about the show, so it might have been <laughs> up a little bit, you know. So, but yeah, yeah medication, uh, it's part of life. And depending on what you have to take, as if it's just one or two for a specific source condition, then I think that's okay to do. So we have, yeah. you have been talking or mentioning already a few of the things, how you can see or how you can feel uh, that you have. Uh, depression. So can you mm-hmm. explain and tell us a little bit more and other signs or symptoms uh, where you, we need to watch out for um, 
when we say, okay, mm -hmm. I have or I don't have, or I feel I'm happy or I'm not happy. Yeah. So, you know, there's some subtle signs and then there's some obvious signs. And I displayed both of them. I, I, I displayed them all. Um, but I covered it up by pretending like I was happy, but, um, isolation. So someone who is normally showing up places who is all of a sudden now retreating and isolating, um, someone who's saying that they feel a sense of worthiness, they're unlovable, um, daily changes in sleep habits. When I was suffering with depression, my goodness, I could not sleep through the night. I would wake up every day at three in the morning I would go to bed tired. I would wake up tired. Um, you know, um, hygiene. Sometimes um, individuals who are depressed don't feel the need to shower on a regular basis. If you yeah. start seeing someone's kitchen, someone who's ex incredibly neat, you start seeing dishes piling up. Maybe their house is getting a little messier. Those are, you know, that could be a... a it may not be a sign, but for some, you know, just keep your eyes open for those things because sometimes when someone is experiencing depression or they're experiencing anxiety, the thought of getting up and doing dishes is so overwhelming that they're just not able to push through it. And the mm. way I describe depression is this. This is the way it was for me. It is almost like being at the bottom of a 300-foot well, like a Ooh. well that's in your backyard, like a 300-foot hole. Yeah. And you are at the bottom of that well. It's completely dark. It's greased up all the way around, so it's very slippery on the inside of that well. There's no ladder. And there's someone at the top telling you, come on, you can get out. Come on out. You physically can't. Because you cannot grab onto anything. The thoughts are intrusive. The thoughts are sometimes unrelenting. And the thoughts really trick you into believing that you are not worthy, that you do not deserve to take a shower today, that you don't deserve to eat. Many times people will stop eating or they will drink more. Um, I had all of those things. Um, but it's the mind that's really tricking that individual into believing um, those thoughts. So one of the things that I would say <clears throat> would be to check in on your friends and family on a regular basis. And there's two ways that you can, actually a few ways that you can do this. Number one, you can check in with your friends and family and ask them how they're doing. And mm -hmm. nine times out of ten, people just automatically respond by saying, hey, I'm great. How are you? Mm -hmm. I never take that yeah. as an answer. I, I always right. say, great to hear that you're doing great, but tell me how you're really doing, please. This is a judgment-free spot. Make sure that when you're speaking to a loved one or a friend that they know that you are a safe person to speak to without any judgment and that you are there to hold a safe container for them to, to speak openly. Um, the other thing that I always suggest to people is to... Find an accountability partner because you may have days that you know that you need to reach out to someone for help. You know that you need it, but your mind is telling you no one cares about you. No one wants to listen to you. No one would want to talk to you and help you. So consequently, you don't reach out and you stay isolated. 
So what I tell people is to find an accountability partner and have that accountability partner check in on you. Make that person hold you accountable for checking in on a, you know, being honest on a daily basis. Put your emotions on a scale of 1 to 10. And where are you at that on that scale of 1 to 10? And if you're at a 4, it's okay. Don't try to get all the way up to a 10. Just look at one small thing that you can change, one degree of sh- a shift, one degree that would bring you up to a 5. And then once you're up to a 5, try and get yourself to a 6. And it's it's about recognizing the emotions, um, understanding that there are people around you that will help you if you can find the courage and the bravery to speak openly about it. Um, and if it gets, you know, really bad, you may want to consult a physician um, because, you know, there's lots of tools out there. And for me, I have a whole bucket of, of tools. But if the medication is not in my toolkit, I, I don't do well. Uh, not everyone needs medication, uh, but it is super important to be able to know in yourself, you know, if you recognize in yourself like, hey, it's been a week since I made my bed and my laundry's piling up and, oh, I just don't feel like doing my dishes and, or you see this in a loved one and you think, huh, okay, maybe you're really busy, maybe you're really overwhelmed, but what's really going on here? And there could be some underlying issues. So just watch out for any deviations in behavior and ask your loved ones to tell you the truth. Right. Yes, that's the thing. Um, as, As a person who is depressed, you need to be open and willing to share how you are feeling with somebody that you trust and the suggestions that you just made are awesome. I think everybody who lives with somebody else or who knows somebody that might have depressive feelings got a really great tip here on how to approach the person to let them know, hey, uh, I'm, I'm a good person. You can talk to me. It's safe. As well as how you can help them shift from a situation mm-hmm. that might be just a four or a five into a higher uh, number or level. For this moment, we are going to make a break. This is so interesting. Mm-hmm. I almost didn't want to make a break, but we're still going to do it <laughs> for uh, a few minutes. And then when we come back, we will talk again and we will look at how we can change in retirement of not getting um, bogged down by depression. So we are going for the break right now. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Have you been wondering, is this all there is in life? You've been a good worker, year after year. You've checked off the boxes and retirement is near. Or maybe you've been forced to take early retirement. These are supposed to be the golden years, yet it feels empty. You feel all alone, questioning your life direction. Or maybe you've experienced a medical scare or find yourself caring for elderly parents or kids who've moved back home. You're unmotivated and passionless, left pondering what you're going to do with the next chapter of your life. 
You're not alone. You're in the discovery phase. As retirement expert Maria Lukasen says, it's time to step into freedom and fulfillment so that you can live your best years yet. First, you've got to learn to adapt and thrive during uncertain times. Find out how by getting your free next chapter assessment. Just click on the banner at the host page or email Maria at MariaLukasenHQ.com. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Women Seeking Blissful Retirement. To reach Maria Lucasen, her guest, or the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, please send to Maria at marialucasenhq.com. Now, back to Women Seeking Blissful Retirement. Welcome back, ladies. I hope you enjoyed this first part of the show so far. And if you do, and if you are listening on one of the podcast channels, please, please, please rate our show so that we will rank up in the numbers and there are more women that can find us on one of the podcast channels and listen to the information and all the good tips that we get in, in speaking with some of our guest experts. So also, if you have a comment about the show, a suggestion, or if you have any questions, you can, A, for questions, please call in if you're listening live today. And otherwise, you can send them to me at Maria, at MariaLucasenHQ.com, and I'm happy to use them and answer them next time when we have a show. So I appreciate if you just let me know what you think about the topic or the speaker or anything you would like to share with me. So now we will go again and speak with our guest expert, Kim, today about mental health, about depression, and that that is something that you can develop when you are retiring. So... Um, Kim shared already a couple of ideas on how you can help the person. Um, Kim, um, uh, what are a couple of reasons why somebody could be depressed in retirement? Oh, boy. You know, again, I think retirement is a beautiful thing. But um, as I alluded to in, in the very beginning, it's closing of one chapter and opening up another chapter. And while that's a beautiful thing, many uh, individuals in retirement feel like they might be losing a piece of themselves, that identity. So if you were 
a senior level executive in an organization and you're used to getting up every day and having powerful conversations and making decisions and and making an impact and contributing and that is now gone, that leaves a, a big void in your life. So um, not everyone who's in retirement will experience depression, but, you know, the light, your lifestyle changes. Um, it changes for the good, but there's also less activity. There's less going on um, in, in retirement um, once you step away from that workforce. So that is something that could um, definitely affect individuals who are in retirement because one of the six basic needs is that we need to feel like we're making our contribution. Um, you know, even I was thinking when we were talking earlier about uh, COVID-19, yeah. how many have recently retired and they expect to spend all this time with their grandchildren and their families only to be separated now from them with COVID-19. So if you're a new retiree and you're thinking 2020 is going to be fabulous, I'm going to spend all this time with my grandkids and now you can't because of COVID, that could be another thing that, you know, um, propels you into depression. Um, being around your work family. Many of us get very close to our own work family because we're there with them all day, every day. And when we make a job change or when someone leaves a job or when you retire, you've lost part of that family, so to speak. So I think it's the massive changes. That, that really happen. And it's from what I've heard, it takes sometimes takes folks about a year or so to settle into retirement and get out of the rat race. Um, but I just really encourage folks that during that transition time that you pay special attention to your mental health, your mental health and well-being. And one thing that you can do is if you know that you have a propensity to slide into depression or anxiety or um, excessive drinking, suicidal thoughts, any of those things. Number one, be brave enough to say, I am a person first and I'm living with these symptoms. Um, I am a person first and I'm not a crazy person. I am a person. If you're suffering with alcohol use disorder, you are not an alcoholic. You are a person living with alcohol use disorder. So I invite you to destigmatize mental illness and substance use or alcohol use and label yourself as a person who lives with this disease. Secondly, I invite you to really sit down and think, what are the symptoms that you personally know that you display when you are having a difficult time mentally or you're overindulging in substances what are the things that you display that no one else would ever pick up on because you're so good at hiding the fact that you're having a hard time? Write those down. Give yourself five signs, maybe 10 signs. Write them down and share those signs with a friend. Share them with a family member because on the days that you are displaying those not-so-significant signs, that are, they're not so significant on the outside, but internally you're really going through a really difficult time and you've given someone the tools to recognize and they could look at that list and say, hey, Maria told me that if I see her 
not doing X, Y, and Z around the house or canceling plans or not calling me back or any of these things. She told me that that, that's, that's something I need to watch out for. So it's, again, it's, it's allowing other people around you to really support you, but giving them the tools, telling them, this is what you need to look for. And then also, if you're having a hard time, I did this a couple of years ago. Even though I'm healthy, I have my bad days, maybe twice a year. And on those bad days, <clears throat> I tell my friends and my family, hey, today is not a good day today. I'm having a really hard time, mm-hmm. but I know my worth. I know I'm worthy. I know I deserve this life. I know mm-hmm. that everything's going to be fine. Please check in on me, but leave me alone, but just check in on me a couple of times. And just support me the way I want you to support. And the reason why I did that is sometimes when we tell people, ask people to help, sometimes they help too much and it becomes overwhelming and it's like, yeah. oh my God, just go away. So then you never want to, then you never want to ask for help again. Exactly. Yeah. But if you say, if, if you lay out the parameters, here are the signs and here is exactly what you need to do to help me. Nothing more and nothing less. That's all I want. It brings your entire circle, uh, your, everybody around you into that inner circle of having the tools and the resources to identify and support you, where right. if you did not share that, they would have no idea. And, and that is so valuable to be able to, uh, a, first for yourself, it's a kind of acknowledging, a, I have sometimes those days that I am really down. Mm-hmm. Um, people could notice that I'm really down, even if my face and how I behave is covering up how I feel. If you can share that with the people that you love and that you are living with, that is very important because then you know that there is somebody out there who knows what's going through your mind who can help you, who can indeed support you and say, hey, uh, I know um, you're feeling bad, but I'm here. So let me know. Mm-hmm. And um, if that is, that's all what you really want them to do, isn't it? Just letting you know, hey, I'm here. If there's anything, yeah. you can either pick up the phone or if it's in the same house, you say you can go to the person and say, hey, I now would like to have a big hug or whatever it is that you're craving for. And that is the most important yeah. uh, part of living with uh, depression. So I had um, it's something in a way where you can do a lot yourself. But if necessary, like you mentioned before already, then um, go and see your physician and get real uh, help uh, from an expert on um, what it is really that is bogging you down. But so for Mm -hmm. those people, those women in retirement now that had to take retirement or that are home because of the COVID-19 situation, um, getting uh, a better feeling of their life. You mentioned the ID has changed since they are not working anymore. Uh, They don't feel anymore as if they are contributing. Um, What can they do to get a a better sense of purpose, 
um, so they have uh, they are more happier with the situation that they are in because I think that's the main thing finding purpose isn't it it is finding purpose and I think that's really going to vary depending you know from person to person but just I think wrapping them, your mind around the fact that when you retire, life doesn't have to end. You can still be a huge contributor by identifying things that you're passionate about and um, maybe finding organizations that you can volunteer with to um, help really bring your passion forward. So for me, my passion is mental health, and I volunteer with the National Alliance on Mental Illness on a regular basis. And Every time I go and volunteer for them, every time I speak for them, it helps me even more because I'm bringing myself, my energy, my knowledge to people who really need it, and they need that support. So that really fills me up. So as a retiree, what are the things that really fill you up and, um, you know, light you up and engage in those activities? And um you know, join different social groups, which I know it's a little bit different now because of COVID-19, but it's about, you know, staying engaged, finding that purpose, and living out that purpose. And that is what really helps to give you that, that sense of identity. And when, Maria, when you and I were speaking the other day, I had <clears throat> mentioned that I had uh, shoulder surgery uh, several yeah. years ago. And I was home from work for three months. Yeah. And, and I went from being on the road, traveling all over New England, traveling all over the country, working six days a week, morning, noon, and night, to three months of nothing. And I honestly, by the end of that three months, I was so ready to go back to work because I had had such a major depressive episode during that time because I felt like, oh, who am I? You know, I don't have my job right now. I'm on disability. And yeah. what am I doing? What can I contribute? So yes, that was just three months. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. And I get that. So that's why I said earlier on when after we came back from the break, hey, um, can you um, one more time explain a little bit about things that can have happened uh, now with people in early unplanned involuntary retirement, um, even if you want to go back to work, you might be still at home and um, not realizing that you have a kind of a retirement situation for yourself. So who are uh, feeling a little bit anxious about the next chapter, what advice can you give them? Oh, well, first of all, the, the one biggest piece of advice I can say is to let go and just trust. That has been a huge thing for me is that when I was living with anxiety and depression, I was always in that fight or flight mode. I was always afraid about the what if, what comes next, you know, what, what, what. And I don't live that way anymore. And I really truly think that everything happens for me and not to me. So I would really encourage the listeners to embrace that, that thought process that, you know, it's okay to just let go and let things happen and just keep doing the next best thing. 
and to just keep this conversation in the forefront of your mind that you may be feeling okay now, and you may think that this depression or a mental illness won't hit you in retirement, but we can never be guaranteed. Some, I know my dad is 90 years old and he suffers with depression and anxiety. And that's something that he started experiencing later on in life. So it can happen to any one of us. If we look at the public figures over the past 10 years who have unfortunately lost their life to mental illness, to the final, um, the final, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Oh my God, the final symptom of depression, which is suicide. Yeah. You know, you look at Robin Williams, you look at Kate Spade, Anthony Bourdain, all of those people. Right. Every single time I, I see an announcement like that come across the TV, I think I know exactly how that person feels. I don't judge them and I totally understand why they did what they did. Right. Because yes. I was there personally. So Yes, and to prepare mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah. No, and uh, and it's sad if that is the consequence of being by yourself and not being able to share it with somebody that can help you um, to change things in your life and make you feel uh, better and capable of coping with um, with the depression, with the disease. So, um, yeah, right. I, I always, when I see that, it's, uh, very disheartening to read that um, that they made that decision about their life. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say that, you know, retirement can be great. I'm looking forward to getting to retirement myself. And ha, yeah. I say, yeah, I say enjoy it, enjoy it, enjoy it, but do not turn a blind eye to what is what could possibly happen to you or to a loved one. Right. who may not be experiencing the joys of retirement just yet. And I hope that this conversation has, you know, allowed you to really see into what it is like in depression and to give you the right tools to be able to say to a loved one or a family member, I see you, I support you, I'm not judging you, I am here for you, you are a person, um, let me help you. And yes. Because sometimes all we want is for someone to say, I've got you. It's okay. Exactly. You know? and, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So, and uh, what I also wanted to let the audience know, um, if you are in that situation, you're not the only person as you hear us talking here. There are so many people out there that have similar experiences as what you have. So um, I hope that that might be a kind of, um, how shall I say, uh, a thought that will help you that um, you're not, uh, because you mentioned it in the beginning that you had the feeling you were all alone by yourself. So I I -hmm. hope that that is not the case. Well, um, I'm not sure. Yes. So I think that um, it's getting to the end of the hour. So I'm going to say Mm -hmm. thank you very much, Kim, for being or something where the audience could reach you. 
Yeah. So absolutely. I um, would love for the uh, audience to reach me. I can actually be reached at uh, KimLamontane.net. That's L-A-M-O-N-T-A-G-N-E. I'm also on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. Or they can email me at Kim at KimLamontane.net. And I would love to have a conversation. If any organizational leaders are out there um, and are interested in learning about my corporate training, I'm happy to share information about that, too. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I learned a lot today uh, about depression and uh, how you can help somebody that has this kind of disease and is feeling this way. And um, also it gave me ideas on how I can look for myself not to get depressed when the situation would change. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Thank you. I appreciate that you were on so much that you were on this call today. So I want to finish our conversation today, listeners, with giving you, first of all, the quote of the day. The quote of the day is, and the day came when the risk it took to remain tight inside the butt was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. It's from Anais Nin. She is a writer um, from France, and I loved this because that's what it is. Sometimes remaining tied inside a butt might be more painful than taking the risk to talk about it and sharing your feelings with somebody else. So that's really the essence of this conversation that I wanted to give to you. So, and if you are in that situation, you can look for something that excites you and start planning. Maybe it's an activity, a fun event that you want to go to. Look for something that gives you uh, an uplifting experience, an uplifting emotion, Um, going to a concert or going to a family party or just uh, going out for a walk might be things that excite you. So I'm going to wrap up this call and I thank all the listeners that were on the call Today, I hope you enjoyed our conversation about uh, retirement and the feelings of depression. And I would love to hear from you either by email. And uh, yes, let me know what you think about the show. And if you have questions, that I'll answer them next week. Thank you and have a great day. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Women Seeking Blissful Retirement. Your host, Maria Lukasen, will return with another show next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll help you enjoy better retirement.